0: With the eighth Hot Corner Athletics podcast. Uh, again, super excited about our guest today. We've had a ton of guests over the last couple of weeks, but really excited about our guest today. Owen Diodati. Um, he is a outfielder at the University of Alabama, um, played a portion of his freshman year here. Obviously, it was, it was on a tear before this whole thing got shut down. Um, Owen and I have known each other now for, I, I think, four or five years here, um, where I used to actually coach Owen in Buffalo before it was kind of that that hard conversation of, yeah, you're too good for really, you know, playing for my team and it's time for you to get out and kind of do your own thing. But, Oh, and I just want to, you know, obviously say thanks for jumping on here. I really appreciate it. And and, then we're going
1: to talk a lot about your development, but um, thanks for jumping
0: on here during this time. I appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to talk some baseball and, you know, kind of my experiences and and my whole journey kind of going through the recruiting process and um, my baseball career up until now.
0: Right, so, so leading into it right away, I and mean, we'll just get right into it. When you were 14, um, you played, for, we, you played with, for me for two years, but you played for the Junior Griffs program for three. Um, my brother-in-law, Chris Guerin, was your coach for the first year. And then when he moved on to do his own thing, I took that team over. And um, it was kind of funny because we wanted to make it like a college prep-ish type team, but a lot of the stuff that we did was in Buffalo. So it was really cool because we had good players and we were competitive. But it wasn't to the point where like you were going to go to Alabama if you kept playing for our team. So um, the relationship that you and I kind of built was was kind of unique because whenever coaches have a player like you, a lot of times we're like, what can I do to keep that person here? But I had to sit back as an evaluator and be like, man, if I really am looking out for this kid in the future, I don't know if being on my team was necessarily the best thing for you. So obviously we enjoyed it while we did it, but at the same time, you obviously were moving on into bigger and better things to kind of get where you're at right now. So um, for those of you out there that don't know, when, when I coached Owen for the 15U and 16U seasons, he was 14 and 15 years old. So he's actually playing up. Um, Owen was very, very deep into high level hockey. He was actually drafted in the OHL, uh, which is an awesome accomplishment for a hockey player. And then, and then basically ultimately chose baseball, but, Realistically, you are a catcher. You're a big dude. And it was like you and I used to talk all the time, like, hey man, like there's a chance you end up playing outfield, you know, if you keep growing and getting bigger. And we always used to talk about your swing and how you could get better. But we the relationship was was growing during that time. But I think it's really important for a lot of these people to understand that like growing up and playing with your friends and then also playing in a place where you can develop and play a lot of games is important so before we get into the great lakes canadians which is an awesome program before we get into all the other things that you ended up getting into what was your experience like with the junior grips and how did it kind of set you up for you know obviously the path that you're on now
1: yeah i mean it was it was a great you know first experience outside of you know playing for my for my local team and local city but um you know it taught me early kind of um, some of the disciplines of being a college player and, and just the overall commitment was a lot um, closer to something that I have to do now um, being at college. And obviously um, having coaches like you and coach where and guys who had already gone through the whole, um, you know, college program and, and going through all of that. Um, it really helped us because, you know, any questions we had about the whole thing um, you guys could answer them. And uh, I, I was able to learn a lot just because, you guys had had really gone through college and both had very successful experiences and um you're both guys that we could trust our parents could trust and kind of had all the answers for for you know the the positives and the negatives that come with um playing baseball at college and, and balancing um you know school and academics and a social life and um that that aspect was really important and it and it kind of um from a baseball perspective gave us a chance to you know learn at the next level and you know you can only learn so much, you know, playing with the kids around you. And you kind of talked about that progression as you get older and you kind of learn your skill set, what level you need to be playing at. And, um, you know, Junior griffs was a was a very important and crucial kind of stop along the road for me. And, um, you know, I attribute a lot of my success to it just because um, at that young age, I feel like you develop a lot of your, your habits, whether it be work ethic. And um, you need, obviously, your coaches and the people around you to kind of kind of push you to um, reach your potential, and, and and I felt like you and, and Coach Grant really did that for me with the junior Griff's.
0: Yeah, and it was cool. Is, is you and I used to have conversations. I, I vividly remember this, where you would text me at like midnight, and you're like, "Dude, I just want to keep grinding. I just want to keep going." And and we would talk about hitting, or we would talk about lifting. And I I remember a conversation you and I had where you're like, "Dude, it's hard to work out right now because I go to school all day." And then I've got either baseball or hockey practice. And then I've got baseball or hockey practice after that. And then I got my schoolwork to do. When am I going to lift? And I remember saying to you, if you want to make it, you got to go in the morning, you know? Yeah. And, and you were literally out of, and it's, this isn't a discredit to anybody. It's actually a credit to you. Of You actually started going to the gym in the morning. It was just something that you got used to and that you did because you knew that that was an important, vital piece to your development. And I remember how strong you got you know, leading up to, you know, the two years, the the year that you stopped playing for the grips, when I saw you at hot corner, it was like, whoa, you know, this dude really put a lot of time and effort into getting bigger and stronger. And you could kind of see that you were going on a path that was bigger than a small level D one, or even the junior grips, just a Buffalo program. Um, You know? And so, and so like, I have learned a lot through that experience as well, because me being a young coach, you know, I didn't know that I was going to run into a player like you. I mean, from my perspective, and people don't really need to know this, but I knew that you were a special player then, but there was also a lot of development that needed to happen in order to get where you're at now and where you're going. Because obviously, like you'll say, you know, the work is just getting started and we're not we're not where we want to be. This is a, a, another step in the right direction, but we're, ne- we're not necessarily where we want to be right now. But, you know, it was a really cool experience to learn from that because I was basically working with a future professional athlete when he was 14 years old, which is an awesome experience for me as a coach. And I use a lot of that in my teachings even now. Um, but, but once you, once you left junior Griff's, you went into a really good program, great lakes Canadians. And I know that you attribute a lot of your successes to them because they exposed you to the world. They exposed you to the college world. They exposed you to team Canada. Um, and I don't think a lot of people really understand the intensity of that type of travel baseball, right? Because I know a lot of us around here, it's pay your money, practice twice a week, play in a couple tournaments. That's really it. Hopefully you get recruited. What was the different level at GLC? Now, I was never able to give that to you at the time. And so I think that you going to a program like that was 100% the right move. And I mean, think about this. You're jumping on a podcast with me. Clearly our relationship didn't fold from you leaving which I know for a lot of programs when kids leave, that relationship is gone. Ours actually, I think, grew from that. And what was your relationship like with GLC? And how is your development different, which I think is valuable? And what exposure did you get that kind of got you ready for Team Canada? We'll move into that later. But what was your experience with GLC like and what did you guys do?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for me going to GLC, it wasn't a matter of feeling like I was undercoached or anything. And with you or in Buffalo or anything, it was more just, you know, being there exposed me to more resources from a um, facility standpoint to just just things you didn't have access to. And um, obviously, you know, being a Canadian kid, um, playing in Canada was really important for um, draft purposes and, and, you know, playing on a, on a national stage and things like that. And, um, you know, Great Lakes, I, I kind of went through all the programs in Canada and, and kind of wanted to decide where I wanted to play in Ontario. And, um, it was an easy decision to go with Great Lakes. Um, the facilities there are incredible. You know, we have a full workout facility. I mean, full, full in, it's like a, I don't even know how many, 30,000 square foot facility. It's massive. And, um, you know, from a coaching side, it was, it was kind of, you know, I was, I was getting that same, um, college, college, um, guidance, and then also pro guidance too. most of the coaches, um, who are in there, played pro baseball at some point. Um, Chris Robinson played pro baseball. He made it the bigs. Um, he played at Illinois and um, Adam Stern. He he went to Nebraska and, and went to a couple college world series and then ended up playing in the big league. So um, from a coaching perspective, it was obviously really, really good. And um, I think, you know, another big thing that that they were able to offer was just a lot more like minded kids. Um, and you kind of get that as kids get older. Uh, I mean, you know, you can't really control it when you're 13 dealing with 13 or 14 year old kids a lot of kids don't know what they want yet um i was kind of different where you know i've kind of known what i've wanted since i was 10 years old and um you know for me to go there and be around kids who who are going to push me and um you know my mindset kind of is like all right i'm going to get to one level and then i'm going to work to be better than everyone at that level then i'm going to move up to the next level i may start even but eventually i'm going to be better than everyone at that level um, and, and that's kind of my mindset going forward, and that, that was kind of one of those stops was with Great Lakes. Like, I, I went in there, and I kind of struggled at first, honestly, with the, with the competition change and playing against um, better kids, older kids, and eventually, you know, with, with hard work, um, I was able to, you know, elevate my game and, and kind of get to where I wanted to be. And, um, you know, being with Great Lakes, it obviously uh, exposed me to, to um, the national stage as well. Um, playing for them definitely – helped me earn a spot on the junior national team and um start to succeed at that level so that was really important too but um Great Lakes was was awesome and it was it was a great uh place for me to develop and play before coming to college
0: yeah and, and going back on Stern like Stern's high up with the Blue Jays now he does a lot of work with the Blue Jays um which you were drafted by right if I'm if I got that correct
1: yeah so so Adam Stern he's he's doing a lot with the the academy like he, he helps with t12 and all that and chris robinson kind of does the same thing and then um adam arnold who runs like a lot of our adam, um, okay. strength and conditioning stuff he he's um he covers a large area i think out west uh, in like arizona um i think you like that that area he's got a huge area out there and um you know we had a really good relationship going forward and um you know kind of we'll get into this later with the draft but I think part of the reason why they were so high on me was just because he he was able to see my work ethic every day and um you know he saw me more as a person than than any other team than any other team would um so that that was big and and I think it played a big role in, in them showing so much interest towards me
0: right and and I think the funny thing not funny but I think the cool thing for you is I I just did a podcast with Charlie and his was trying to get on a national scale with national travel baseball because he wasn't going to get the national professional exposure here with you the crazy thing was is you being you're you're only 30 minutes from my facility but you're in Canada like you needed if you wanted to play Canadian junior national team you really couldn't play in the United States because you're not getting exposed to that and if you wanted to become a blue jay or if you wanted to get drafted you needed to be in front of the people that were going to help you get there and i think ultimately that's the reason why great lakes was such a great choice for you because it's adam arnold he's he has a, a role in t12 which for the people that don't know tournament 12 is is robbie alomar's tournament um and they run it at the Rogers center and it's it's basically all-star teams from each province that they put together to go to Rogers center playing a tournament it's highly scouted when i was coaching at niagara i scouted that event that's where we found matt brash who was drafted in the fourth round by the padres you were there twice you know, like there's a lot of good talent there, but with the people that you were surrounding yourself with, gr- with great lakes actually helped you get to that event, which I wouldn't have been able to do because I didn't have those ties and got you to the junior national team. And those, those connections, which ultimately got you to where you're at with Alabama. But, um, you know, the cool thing is looking at this whole process, like I didn't realize this until I, I learned it from you, but great lakes actually goes on a fall trip where they go and play D one schools. And so like with the junior grips, we were just a, uh, a better travel team than what you had before, but Great Lakes, they were going to, and I'm just going to throw names out there. I may be completely wrong in this, but places like UNC, places like Florida State, places like big ACC schools, or even some mid-majors that were competitive, and you as a high school athlete were competing against legit college baseball programs at the time, you were able to figure out, like, what do I need to do to get here, Right. Where it's not just facing that eighty mile an hour fastball, it was like okay, now I'm gonna face a college freshman or sophomore that's throwing fuzz like ninety to ninety four, and I need to figure out a way to hit this. And they're using metal, and I'm used to using wood, so I've got to figure out a way to be successful in this situation, which I think helped prepare you. So obviously the GLC thing was a huge deal. It's it was really fun watching you through that process because um, you made the junior national team, right? And on the junior national team, you were a catcher, you were a first baseman, and I believe you played some outfields, correct? Yeah. So what was your experience like with JNT? And, like, for us in the United States, it's so incredibly difficult to make the junior national team. Um, Joe Mack, who's a a Buffalo guy, just made the 40-man for Team USA, but it's very difficult to make it because there's so many people. Is the competitiveness the same? And, like, what kind of athletes are at JNT for Team Canada? Like, you guys compete and you go to the Dominican and you go and play against spring training and, and instruct teams, but like how, like, there were a lot of guys drafted from your junior national team. And you know, what was that competition? Like, was that a level up from, from GLC? And like, what did you guys do? Like, what's the junior national world like? Because for a lot of people listening in, they don't really know that world. They don't know what Taiwan is like, you know what I mean? Like what's that world like for you?
1: Yeah. I mean the junior national team, if, if I had to, you know, compare us to, you know, the United States or, Things like that. I mean, our our high level players are, are just as good as you know high level players in the U.S. It's just the U.S. has so much depth. There's there's a lot more kids who you know throw 95 miles an hour and things like that. But um, I think the way our junior national team program is ran is is really special. And I think it's it's an opportunity that U.S. kids don't even get. That that would be really valuable to them too. I mean, um, you know, we go out to spring training, extended spring training, um, the Dominican summer league, and we go against we go play against pro teams for for, you know, 10, 12 day trips, um, and you know it's it's really cool to you know expose um, yourself and your talents to that that level of play, and um, you really get to see where you're at, and it's it's really good from a maturity standpoint because you know you have to learn to deal with failure, you, you kind of have to open your eyes to how hard it is to play at the next level, and um, obviously from a scouting perspective, it's it's really good just because. Pro scouts get to see you against pro arms and, and you know, playing, you know, head to head with with other pro players. And um, it really gives them a good idea of, of where you're at, especially um, in Canada. Most kids are younger going into the draft. And if you can compete with those pro guys at that level, it's, it's obviously something that really impresses scouts. So um, overall, the, the junior national team is a great program. And I, I think it, it elevated my game in, in many ways.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, too, like Greg Hamilton, who's the guy who runs Team Canada, is an incredible, incredible teacher. He's an incredible coach. He's got a lot of connections. He took you under his wing and really, really helped you. And, and we'll get into this in a second. But, you know, it, I, what I learned from watching your development through Team Canada was I, I got to actually see how much better you got because I wasn't with you every day like I was with Junior Griff. So it was more of like hopefully once a month. But as you were traveling, it was once every couple months or you know, I mean, how many times do we come in the facility at seven o'clock in the morning just to get some BP and before you would go take a flight somewhere? Um, you know, so it was really cool to watch that. And obviously, he's a huge he's a huge staple in, in your development, too. And, and like you wouldn't be at Alabama if it wasn't for him. And so, you know, realistically, it's really, really cool to watch that all happen. Um, so for a lot of you guys that, that are listening in, Owen committed to Xavier as a am I, am I were you a sophomore?
1: Yeah, I think I think it was the summer after my, going into my sophomore year.
0: Yeah, so I'm committed as a sophomore and I remember you and I talked and you had goals that you wanted to commit by that specific time and um you committed to a good a good Xavier program initially and you know the recruiting process kind of stopped for you and then it was like okay, GLC happened, Team Canada happened, you're in the Dominican, I believe, mm-hmm. and conversations start where it's like there may be a bigger opportunity here for you. And the people that don't know who coach Bo is, I'm still, I'm learning who he is, but you've helped me a lot with understanding him. He basically is very good at recruiting and very good at turning programs around. And his project right now is, is right now the ranked Alabama team. Mm -hmm. And, And, and he saw you in the DR, I believe. Yeah. And, and basically that kind of started the whole process of you and I talked and it was like, you know, there's a, there may be a better opportunity for Owen right now what is that opportunity and, and am I going to go there? And and what's that going to be like? Um, you know, so you decommitted and you committed to Alabama, right? Mm -hmm. So that sets your sights on, you finally found a school. You're in the sec. A lot of people would see Alabama as being a football school, but let's be real right now. Yes. They're crazy in football, but you guys were a legit team this year and you're going to be a legit team in the future for multiple, multiple years, at least as long as you're going to be there. Um, You have a good coach and you got a good program and and you guys are doing really, really good things out there. But leading up to going to Alabama, we started talking draft pressures. We started talking, you know, you went to you went to the Worlds and hit a couple bombs out there and you did really well. And, you know, so we got to this position where it was like, do I go to school or do I go to the draft? You know, a lot of people with Charlie, Charlie chose the draft It was a better option for him. Um, you know, guys like Matt Cross, who we trained, went to junior college because that was the best thing for him. The cool thing with you is now you're the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You're a big time Power Five conference school that's competitive. You had the opportunity for the draft, and you chose school. So, talk. Let's talk about the draft a little bit. I mean, you're drafted like like as an outsider, drafted by your hometown team, right? Going to go early. Going to sign for a lot of money. You know, you're gonna, basically going to be like the poster child i mean you're going to be the next the next jay which still might be an option for you that's 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 yet to be known that's down the road we're not worrying about that right now but what was that process like and what ultimately got you the decision to choosing alabama over the draft
1: yeah it was it was obviously a unique situation you know come draft day um you know i didn't really have any expectations didn't know how it was going to go and um kind of get into talks with the jays and and they were kind of I could tell they were a little more in on me than, than any other team was. And, um, discussions take place and, you know, next thing, you know, we're discussing, you know, late second, third, early third round type money, um, w- which is a lot of money. And, and, you know, you get that thrown in front of you. A lot of people will just kind of impulsively sign right away, but, um, I had really good guidance, um, through that whole process. And i kind of set a number, um, going into that whole process and, Um, you know, one, one piece of advice I got was, you know, it's going to get emotional on draft day and it's, it's unlike everything, anything you've ever felt before. And, um, you know, you want to stick to what you said, um, when you didn't have that wave of emotion come through. And that's kind of what I did. And, um, you know, there was a bunch of factors that kind of went into my decision, but one of them that, you know, someone said to me that I think was really big, um, was just the fact that where, where do you want to be next spring? You know, do you want to be, um, do you want to be in in Arizona or in Florida, you know, in catching pens, or do you want to be in, in uh, Tuscaloosa at school? And, you know, that was one thing that really, um, really played a factor in my decision. And um, You know, for anyone who, who believes in themselves, I mean, there's a bunch of different paths to the exact same destination. And um, for me, it was going to school and I trust my ability. I didn't think going to school was a risk by any means, Um, you know, I think good players are going to play well wherever they go. Um, and, and if you believe, if you believe you can do that, I, I think you go with whatever option feels better for you. And for me, that option was college. Um, you know, I had a really good relationship with coach Bo. I, I I believe in what he's doing and I, and I think he believes in me. And um, that's a really big thing when you're, when you're picking your college and picking your school, you want a coach that believes in you. And um, you know, there's obviously other sec schools, other high level schools that, you know, kind of, didn't have to go through any type of rebuild and, um, you know, I, I had the options to go there, but I, you know, I really believed in what coach Bo was doing and, and, you know, what, what he stood for and what his goals were for the program. And and I really wanted to be a part of that. And obviously through, you know, the short time that I got to play this year, you know, we we were pretty dominant. Um, I I think we were going to be really good. I think, you know, the big question with us is, you know, how would we do an sec play? But, um, I think anyone watching, if you really paid attention would know this team was, was a lot different than any team that had been there in the past. And, um, really, we really had the pieces offensively and and the pitching was great too. So, um, I've been, you know, if if I had to go back and and do the whole draft process again, my, my number for what I would sign for would be even higher now than it was then just because of how positive my experience has been at, at school. And, um, you know, if I had to have any, any advice for anyone going through the, the same thing with the process and everything is, it's, it's got to be your decision. It's got to be the best decision for you. Don't base it off what anyone else is doing or, um, you know, what anyone else tells you. It's, it's really, it's your career, it's your life. And, um, you know, yeah. there's, there's a million different factors that factor in. So your situation isn't going to be the exact same as anyone else's. And that's why it's really important you, you do what you feel and not anyone else.
0: Right. And you know what? I remember that phone call. I was in the cage and you called me and it was draft day. And I literally was with somebody and I said, I need to, I need it. This is an important one. I can feel it. You know what I mean? I can feel that this is a big phone call. I got to call one back. And I remember you said to me, you said, this is what happened. I turned it down. I'm going to school. And the only thing I said back to you was, how do you feel? And you're like, dude, I feel really good right now. I was like, man, you know what? Like, you're so at peace with it that you made the right decision for yourself, and and you're so confident in your abilities as you should be, as a lot of baseball players should be because this game's so difficult. That like, it's been really fun to watch your experience, and and I've watched I watched every single Alabama game this year, and now I can be a fan of you, you know, somebody that I, I call a friend. Your family is very close to me. I, I I talk to your mom a lot more now, I believe, than I than I did even whenever you were playing with me. So. The, the relationship with you and your family is very strong there. And, and I can be a fan of yours and watch you grow and play. And, like, it looks like your experience is incredible there. You know what I'm saying? It looks like you're having a really good time. You made the right decision. And, like, how amazing is it to wake up every day and go to practice and go to those games? Like, you you guys lost one game. I think you were, what? Yeah. You were 16-1, 17-1. Like, get out of here, dude. You guys are legit, right? Um, what's your off-season training like there? You know, it, it's big time SEC. Like, what's, what's it like? What's, what's the world like there? You know what I mean? It's different because I didn't go through it. I was a mid-major, right? We trained and we grinded, but I'm not, we're not talking about like your, your ace, your Friday starter, dude, he might go one, one in two years. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a little bit of a higher level worth, work, work of, uh, of baseball. we a little bit more competitive baseball. And your training is probably a lot different than what I went through. So what's that like? What's your off-season like? What's your training like, you know, things like that. And, and do you guys have, you know, tutors and people to help you get through your schooling and things like that? Like how's, how are you able to juggle and manage everything?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think we have the best resources, um, you know, in the country and, um, you know, just waking up as a student at Alabama every day and a student athlete at Alabama every day, especially, you know, we have access to all the facilities and, and everything you could ask for on, on a college campus. And, Um, You know our off-season training. You know, especially from a lifting perspective, I I think it's it's second to none. Like, we're we're kind of on next level with with you know the way we go about you know functional strength and um, injury prevention and everything like that. And I kind of came in as a strong kid, but you know I got here and we kind of started to do some stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Like, um, just you know different movements and things that are good and healthy for baseball. Those types of things were things that you know I've kind of developed from. From here and I'm a lot more of a healthy strong than I used to be uh, and our strength coach Brett Price he's he's I mean he's the best in in all of college baseball in my opinion like you know it'd be hard to trust anyone else now after being with him for for the time and you know I've bought in completely to what he's what he's given us and um, you know I've seen I've seen the results and, and what it can do for me and um, it's been unbelievable and from a from a um care and healthcare perspective, you know, Sean Stryker, our trainer, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, amazing. Like any, time I'm injured, you know, I, I trust him with, with everything that, you know, he's telling me and, and what I need to do and everything like that. And, um, you mentioned academically, our, our academic advisor, um, Jenny Sanders, she's, she's, I mean, incredible at her job. Like she, she's a goes above and beyond what, what any regular ac- academic advisor would have to do. And, um, you know, coach Bo kind of, Reminds us every day is, that, you know, we're, we're really lucky to have her and, um, you know, for a kid that really cares about his academics, I can see it um, pretty clearly how, how great she is at her job and um, how much she helps me. So, um, you know, I really couldn't complain about a single a single aspect of guidance or resources that we have at our school. And I think that's why our program is is um, very quickly elevating and, and getting better.
0: Right. And you know, what's funny about it, too, is like you, I, you hear this all the time. You're a product of the people that you surround yourself with and you happen to be in a situation where you're surrounded by a lot of people that have your best interest in mind. And so it's really, really fun and really cool to, to listen. To that it actually gives me goosebumps. And, and what, it, what's really funny about this whole thing is elite people do elite things in everything, you know, and, and I'm going to I'm going to kind of toot your horn a little bit. And I know you're a super humble kid, so don't yeah, I, you won't take this the wrong way, but you were drafted in the OHL. You're a four O student. You play baseball at Alabama. You were drafted in the major league baseball. Like you are just, you it's your mental game is super elite. And you, when you, when you take your lifting, you take your lifting seriously, you're very intentional in everything that you do. So it makes sense as to why you're where you're at. And I remember when I used to, when I used to throw to you guys and I used to pitch off a mound and you were 14 and I was throwing as hard as I could everybody else would be like, I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to face them. This isn't fair. And you were like, dude, I want a hundred at bats. Give me literally a hundred at bats. And I want to go to a field in two weeks and I want to do it again. And I want to come to your facility and I want to do it again. And I want to keep doing it until I prove that I'm going to hit the ball hard off you. And it's just, you're just very intentional in what you do. And you're a really good role model to a lot of people because you are the definition of a student athlete where you're not just the type of person that skips classes and doesn't do your work. Like, you're very intentional in your work and, and no matter what happens with you, you're going to have a good career. You know, obviously we we all hope that it's, it's Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, all that really cool stuff, World Series and that life. But, you know, you are also setting yourself up um, academically where you have that as well. And a lot of people can learn from that and not just buy into one thing. When you're elite, you're elite at everything. And so it's really cool to hear that. I mean, you, you talk very highly of your trainer. And, and I want to go back into a topic before we get into this fun stuff that you did, you know, in season. But, you know, you said, when I'm injured, I trust my trainer. And a lot of people out there don't realize that, like, I'm going to laugh at this, but injury literally happens all the time. Like, <laughs> it's inevitable. And you're grinding seven days a week, every single day, every hour of every day to get better with whatever your craft is. And you're going to run into injuries. And it's cool because you have somebody that you trust and buy into to help you get through all of that. You know what I mean? And so that's really cool to hear because, you know, for me, whenever I had aches and pains, it was always going to the training room and icing or, you know, doing some type of work to get myself back outside so I could perform at an optimal level. And so, like, it's a grind, isn't it? Like, it's a lot different of a world and you really can't prepare for it until you're there. And I liked what you said about functional strength because we opened up our gym and a lot of people say, well, I, you know, my kid's not getting bigger. My kid's not getting physically bigger. And it's like, yeah, but you have to understand something about baseball players. We need to be able to function as athletes consistently. We need to be able to move well within our own body. We need to be able to recover quickly. And we need to be able to be powerful and fast because that's what's going to allow us to actually perform outside. When I – when I you ran your 60-yard dash with me a long time ago. You're like, what, a 7 7'2"? Seven two, probably. Yeah. Like you're a six seven, six seven right now.
1: Probably around there, six seven, six six eight. And I haven't ran one in a while, but when I ran in the summer, that's that's about what it was. And we've obviously done a lot since then, so I, I'd be curious to see what it was now. Well,
0: like that. But what's crazy about it is, is unless you're getting more mobile, unless you're becoming more functional within your body, that can't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're not just gonna run faster because you got stronger you got more mobile and that was something that you took a lot of time into and you're getting a lot you're functional, you're functionally strong now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've been the same, I've been the same weight for the last two and a half years. And I mean, you know, I look a lot different than I did two years ago. I mean, there's, there's really, once you get to this age and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot less room for, for putting on masks. Obviously it changes with, with the type of person, but I, I'm kind of in a spot where my physical development from a size perspective is going to be very small now moving forward. And I'm not going to try and put on that extra mass unless I know it's good mass. And, and, you know, it's, it's mass that I can handle because there's a lot of time kids try and put on weight that their body can't handle yet. So um, I think it's really important to understand that. Really smart.
0: And, and so let's talk about this fun, dude. Like first day you get the ball, you get the call, you're going to DH, right? Like let's go into let's go like, dude, you were wearing the chain. Like you got like, we're talking about probably these single, like I, I'm telling you right now, we were all at the facility. You don't even know this. Cause I haven't told you, but like, we're all at the facility and I've got like the two pro guys that work at my place, plus a ton of kids in here. And I got the game on my phone loud, kind of like we're listening to music and I'm like, all right, dude, Owen's starting. And it was like, okay, dude goes Yahtzee second AB. Right. And then I th- you had another one that game too. Right. Yeah. And it's like super surreal. And like, honestly, dude, this is so funny how it works. Like this place went nuts. And then like later that day, everybody's like looking on Instagram cause I posted everything. And everybody's like looking at like, who's this Owen kid? Because not a lot of people knew who you were because they haven't seen you here. The young kids haven't seen you here, obviously nearly as much as a couple years ago. Like I know for me as, as your former coach, like, dude, it was the coolest experience ever. Like, I could just imagine what you were feeling. I know that you prepared for that moment, so I'm not going to take that part of it away from you, but what was that feeling like, and how cool is it to have your team behind you whenever that you came into the dugout?
1: Yeah, it was like, you know, you never expect to have a day like that, especially you know, on your first day of college baseball. It's I mean, that's about as good of a day as you could ever dream of, and, you know, it, it was almost like hard work was paying off, and, you know, it, the whole season almost felt like that in a way, you know, you go through a a hard fall where you're scrimmaging a lot, you're lifting and playing, you're doing a million different things. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's like a reward for all your hard work. And, you know, you don't, you know, it's not going to be that easy or going to go that well all the time, but it was, it was kind of some, some reassurance. And, um, you know, I just got a chance to stand there in the dugout kind of towards the end of the game. And I'm like, like, man, like, th- this really is a dream. Like, I-, I just had my first college game. I, I went deep twice, you know. Um, it-, it just felt, you know, so good. And, you know, my teammates are all there with me, you know, supporting them. And, you know, it almost felt good to be like, you know, you know, it felt good for me, but it's like, I'm, I'm happy to do this for the team. Like, I- I'm i happy that, you know, hopefully moving forward, I can do a lot more of this and, you know, be a part of the team's success and, and you know, be a, a-, a big factor um, in our team winning a lot of baseball games and, um, you know, there were, there were games throughout the season where, where I struggled too. And, um, you know, the the one thing that I talked about a lot with coach Bowen, he's been, he's been unbelievable and, you know, kind of helping me mature and understand the game and, and kind of stay level through, you know, the highs and lows of college baseball and how hard it really is. And, um, the one thing, you know, that he kind of said was that, you know, you're going to have a lot of really good games. You are going to have a lot of really bad games, you know, the ones that can kind of stay, stay even and, and stay grounded through it all are the ones that end up doing really well. And that's something I, I definitely kept in mind. And um yeah, it, it played a big role in my success so far this season. And um yeah, that first day was was pretty incredible.
0: And it's nice to know that your coach has your back and it's nice to know your teammates got your back. Yeah. Like that's the best feeling in the world when when you go into the dugout like and, and dude you've had your ups and downs, everybody does, but you're in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're a freshman, and it's a lot. I'm, I'm, you don't feel pressure. You're prepared. But as an outsider, there's a lot of pressure in being a freshman DH at an SEC school that's ranked.
1: Pressure
0: mm-hmm. in that. And you were able to leverage that. But it's also because you had the reinsurance, and in, in your coaches are in your corner, and your teammates are in your corner. So it makes it easier when the times are good and bad. You guys were loaded. You guys are still loaded. It's really, really fun to watch you guys grow. I coached against Alabama when I was at Niagara. We were very comparable to them. As before, Bo got there, we lost, but I think it was like four to three. We we're a small mid-major at Niagara, and we were able to compete with this lower-level SEC school. It's not like that anymore. You guys are a powerhouse. You guys are beasts. He's pulling in top-five recruiting classes every single year. You guys have studs every single everywhere you look. You get studs everywhere. Um, you made a position change. When I coached you, you were a catcher. Now you're an outfielder. I'm gonna say I told you so, just because it's fun for me and I like to mess with you. But what's that transition been like, and is it, was it the right move for you? And what's it, is it allowing you to become more of a hitter versus, you know, trying to worry about managing a staff? Like, what's that transition been like? You're a big catcher, and, and that's what you did most of your life, and now you're an outfielder. How's that transition going for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone says, you know, outfield's easy, but it really isn't. There's a, there's a lot to learn, and, um, you know, it might be easy to be an outfielder, but it's really hard to be a good outfielder. And um, there's a lot that goes into it and, um, you know, it hasn't been an easy transition for me, but, um, you know, I I think if you're a good athlete, you know, it's something if you work hard at, you can do, and I still have a lot to work on, but, um, you know, I feel like I'm really getting settled out here, and this is kind of somewhere where I'll stick. Um, You know, being a big catcher, it it was tough for me back there, and, um, you know, I I personally think now with all the functional strength and stuff I've gotten, um, I'd be better behind the plate now than I was before, but, um, it really just isn't the position for me. I I mean, you know, I've I've had a lot of talks with, with Coach Bo and, you know, people around. I, I, I really enjoy playing the outfield. Um, I think I profile there well and um, you know, I think in a couple of years with a couple a little more hard work, um, you know, it'll be a place where, where I can really make an impact on the defensive side and, and as well as the offensive contributions I I currently make. And, you know, it's it's something that that I work at really hard and it's something that I kind of took for granted in the early years of my life was, was defense. And, you know, every day I wanted to hit for four hours, but you know, I kind of neglected the defensive side. Um, and it's something that I'm putting a lot of work into now just because it is important. And, and I want to be a complete player and, um, have an impact on both sides of the ball. And it's something I take really, really seriously now. And, um, you know, moving forward, I want to be known as someone who, who can positively in- impact a game on the defensive and the offensive side of the ball.
0: Right. And and your tool, your tool is your bat. You've always has been, you've always been a middle of the order guy. You're fun to watch hit. You know, you, you are starting to be able to create power, both sides of the field. You got some real, real pop. Like it's it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. And it's fun to as, as a coach and a guy that's known you develop, it's been really cool to watch how you've grown from a catcher who is raw to a, a guy who has going to have a shot at playing this game for a really long time. So it's, it's been really, really fun to watch that development And and for a lot of people out there, like, understand this, like, and I'll say this for, I'll say this about you, is you're a really good dude, like, in general. You're not just a baseball guy. You know, we can text back and forth and mess around with each other. Um, You know, I'll text you all the time now and say, what's up, big time? You know, how are you doing? Are you too cool to talk to me now? But all that, that's all fun and games because at the end of the day, you just are, like, a good person. And you are the full, complete student athlete. And you're a team-oriented guy. You You had the highest possible accolade of a freshman athlete in your first game ever. And in your in your interview, you said, I was just happy that I was able to help the team today. You know, and and that goes a long way for a lot of people. A lot of baseball players can get caught up in the individual side of it where like, you know, look at me. I'm a freshman. I'm batting 340 with six home runs. But more or less you're kind of like, all right, well today I'm batting seventh. Yesterday I batted second. And then I sat and then I batted third, you know, how can I help my team today? Whatever my role is for today, how can I help my team? I see that in you. And it's really, really fun to watch because you always have a positive outlook on it, even when things get tough. And you're just basically your work ethic from the time you're 14 until now, at least of what I've seen. I don't know how hard you worked when you were younger. I'm going to guess it was pretty consistent to what you did when I started, you know, working with you. But um, it's been really, really fun to watch that development. And it's it's cool on my end to see your successes. Um, you know, because you have worked really hard and there has been, I mean, everybody has their own story, but your road has just been different.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing that, you know, just, you, you kind of mentioned it there a little bit was, you know, a big change for me. And it kind of happened this year was like, from an approach standpoint, hitting wise was like having a team mentality. Like, you know, if, if, if I'm going up there and there's a runner on third base with less than two outs and it's a tough matchup, maybe you know, you know, three quarter lefty with a really good breaking ball versus me, a left-handed hitter up there. Like, you know, if I go up there thinking like me, 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 like let's, let's get a hit, let's get a double. Like chances are, it's probably not going to work out for me. If I go up there grounded with a good approach, there's a guy on third base. I know I can elevate the ball. Let's try and hit the ball somewhere hard in the air. And, you know, maybe, maybe it backspins over the wall or maybe it's a sack fly, but either way I'm scoring that run on third base for my team. Like you know you know there's a guy on second and third i'm up you know let, let's let's drive those guys in you know it's not like all right i need a home run because there's guys on base and that's going to be good for my stats but it's like all right i'm just going to do whatever it takes to drive those guys in let's 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 extend on the lead let's give us a lead let's let's cut the gap in the game like that that's the kind of approach i have when i'm up there now and i think it just makes me a lot more competitive as a hitter um and even on the defensive side it's the same thing you know there's Guy on third base two outs all right I'm, I'm laying out in the outfield if a if ball is there and I have a chance to make that play like it's just that kind of mentality I think that that really helps a player um succeed especially at this level
0: that's why you're starting as a freshman though people don't get that you're not starting as a freshman because you're just a crazy raw athlete that can hit everybody at that level can hit man I bet you you guys got bench guys at rake The difference is is that approach right there you're a team guy you bet it's second a lot that shows me a team hitter because that dude has to do whatever he needs to to get a, a leadoff guy over or score a run when need be. Like a lot of times your top three hitters are your most effective guys. And at the end of the day, th- the reason why you play is because you're a team oriented guy. If there's a guy on third base, you don't even care. You, Dude, you could ground out the second base and score the run. And you're the happiest man in the world. But your stat sheet says you're 0 for 1. You don't care. And and neither do good teams and neither do good athletes and good cultures make that 0 for 1 positive
1: yeah and and you know for me like there's different stats that mean different things and um obviously a big one for me just the type of hitter i am like rbi was it was a big thing for me and i think if you're thinking about driving runners in i think you you really have a team a team mentality you know um and and for me the type of hitter i am lots of sack flies i mean if i was going up there you know i could easily you know swing for the fences and strike out or or i could go up there with a mature approach and you know with two strikes put the bat on the ball put it in the air somewhere and drive that runner in and um i think before the season ended this year i had 22 RBIs. i led the team in rbi and um i think i was up there in the sec maybe i i could be wrong on that but that that was the one stat that i really prided myself on was you know keep driving runners in because obviously you know your team needs those runs to score you know care less about the average you know obviously I, I want to do well in those categories but you know those runs are what help your team score so or i mean help your team win so um i think really understanding you know what helps a team win is is what makes a good hitter
0: and also understanding what your role is yeah and and you your role would change i can see that your role changed there were sometimes when you came up with nobody on and you ended up hitting a double and you're hitting the ball hard and it was you were being successful and then there are times with runners on third base and you hit a fly ball and score a run or whatever the case was. It just seemed like you know what your role is at the time, and that's why you're successful. I think that sometimes we get a lot not, – not you and I, but you understand it. But a lot of youth athletes get it twisted that, you know, we need to hit 600 and we've got to hit 20 home runs. And, you know, at the end of the day, you are a really like, valued athlete if you're able to just help your team score runs. I think I mean, think about that. You don't care how you get it done as long as you get it done. And I think that that goes a long way. Now we're gonna we'll, we'll close this up in a second here, but what's your what's your work ethic been like during quarantine? I mean, I know a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are like, I can't get outside. We're not allowed to go anywhere. The, the batting cages aren't open. You know, it's hard to work out. You know, what have you been doing to to stay on top of your game? Because you were you were slotted to go to the Cape, if I'm correct. Yeah and that's not happening obviously um so how what are you doing to stay on top of your game during this time are you still able to hit every single day did you find a way um are you still working out like what are you doing to stay on top of your game to
1: prepare yourself yeah i mean things are starting to open up in the south a little bit here so there's there's a little more i can do now but before you know i still tried to keep the same routine every single day and um you know that was working out and hitting every every day i could throwing when i could and um you know, at first there was no weights, there was no gym. So it was home workouts every day, but I found a way to stay in shape. And, um, I always say, if, if you want it bad enough, you'll find, you'll find a way to get it done. And, um, we found a place to hit, you know, we, we've found, found ways to get our workouts in and, um, you know, just keeping that same routine every day of hitting and working out. And, um, you know, now we have a, we have, you know, kind of a full facility to kind of get our hitting done in and get our lifts in. But, um, you know, we're on that same routine we were right when quarantine started. It's just, you know, now we have a couple more resources and, um, you know, I've really taken this time to, to work on things that I need to work on, um, getting better at, you know, hitting the ball the other way is one thing. And obviously developing the arm strength and, and, you know, kind of a different arm slot than I, I had as a catcher to, to play the outfield is one thing I've really worked on through a throwing program in this, this kind of time off. So I've kind of taken it as a, as a chance to, you know, um, get better and you know outwork everyone else just because you know some people might see this as a time where you know they can't get their work in when you really can and um i prided myself on that through this through this uh you know unique time
0: what um what can we see from the alabama crimson tide in 2021 and beyond as as you're a part of that organization what can we see from that organization leading up till you know your time whenever you move on
1: yeah, I mean, I think the future is really bright for us. We we're, we're going to be really good moving forward. Um, you know, this past year and in years moving forward, I think one thing we we really pride ourselves on is having a group of guys that work well together and are good teammates and and work hard and all have a common goal. And I think that really helped us this year and um, you know, we're going to swing it well. We're going to we're going to pitch well and and you know, we're going to be a a team that's that's going to go kind of on a tear for the next few years if you if you ask me and um, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be special just to kind of see this team grow and develop and we know we got something special everyone else might not know it yet but um you know we know we have big things in store and in the years to come and and i'm really excited to get back at that with my teammates trains coming dude yes sir you know and it's it's fun because i can see how much you enjoy
0: it you can just see in your face and and that that puts it all into place and um, I played a part of a team that had really good culture and we were successful. success. We were very successful in our league and in leading into a regional, you know, we, we went to the first regional in our program's history and, you know, you guys were well on your way to being a nationally ranked team. And, and hopefully at some point maybe host a regional or host a super, that'd be great. Get to the college world series is ultimately the goal. Um, you know, but I think that you guys are on the right path. I know that you're a vital piece to this. I believe in you. I believe in the program um you know I, I really appreciate you jumping on here uh for those of you who i would i would start to to look at alabama i'd start to watch owen play you're going to see him play baseball for a long time i see it i know it um i've been able to watch this for a couple of years now and 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 like i said before it's really fun to watch this whole thing come through now we will be making a trip down to tuscaloosa to watch you play we were going to make a trip down this year i actually had plans to come you know i, I believe it was the old miss old miss weekend before sec uh championships were kind of coming through i, I plan on coming down there to watch you but we got plans to come down to watch you play i think it's gonna be an awesome experience hopefully i can sit in right field i know that's tough but i will fight somebody for that that home run ball that you hit that game okay. because I, I already have visualized that you're gonna hit one when i'm there so um you know hopefully hopefully get to see you play soon but it's been really really fun to watch your development you're gonna play this game for a long time you're a good kid and I can't wait to get you back here to actually see you and and see your and see how you're doing and and hit with you for a little bit and kind of go back to the old days. But thanks so much for jumping on here. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. I had a great time talking baseball and um, you've been really great to me through my baseball career so far. And, um, you know, it's a relationship I don't see going any in any other direction moving forward. And, you know, you're someone I know I can always look to for, you know, advice and when things aren't going well you know you kind of have the answers for me and and, and that's obviously really valuable in a, in a game that's built off of failure so um yeah it, it was great to to talk ball
0: yeah and you know what and it's and i said this i said this the other day with charlie and it, it's really nice to have people in your corner and the one thing is as is, is my career's over i'm not playing the game anymore but I see a lot of that same drive in you and other people that I talk to and work with. And I think that the more positive people you have in your corner, the easier it is to get through the good and the bad times. So, you know, as a coach, I'm in, your, you know, until this whole thing happens, and even beyond, I mean, this is more of a friendship. That's what, that's what the game does. You know I mean? It brings people together as a friendship. So um, thanks for jumping on here. You don't realize how big this is for our youth athletes and the parents out here that are listening, but I really appreciate you jumping on here. I know you and I will talk, pretty much every single week for the rest of our lives. So um, thanks again for getting on here. The value that you're giving to these people is incredible. So thanks again. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Take care. You too. See ya. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If you guys like this podcast, please go and subscribe onto Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, If you have any comments, please leave them here as well. Uh, for those of you that like to watch these podcasts are on the Hot Corner Athletics YouTube channel, subscribe to that so you can watch all of our podcasts and everything else that we're giving out.